0: Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other Ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. This is one that you are going to want to pull out your notebook Get your pens ready because we are going to talk a lot about some amazing things for e-commerce businesses. But before we get started, I'd like to introduce my friend and amazing biz mama, Kristen Ingram, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Dawn. I'm so excited to be here with you today.
0: Thanks. Kristen, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your history before we jump into all things finance and, and fun stuff.
1: All right, so I've been uh, working with small businesses for, it'll be 20 years next month. Wow! Yeah, so I've been doing this for a really long time. I've been a CPA for 18 years. I love working with online businesses and e-com businesses just because things are constantly changing, constantly evolving. And there just aren't a lot of people out there that really understand that world. Um, I also have my own online business. I have a course called Bookkeeper Training School where I train moms how to become uh, bookkeepers. And so like, I live in this world too, just like you guys. Yeah. And so I think I have a little bit different
0: perspective than most people do. Absolutely. And and you've just got so much experience that I think we could probably talk for hours and hours about all things finance and bookkeeping and taxes and all those types of things. But what I really want to spend our time focused on is is really kind of getting your insight and perspective on what business owners maybe are missing, and we're going to talk so much about you know a variety of different things. but first, before we get started, like tell me a little bit about what are some of the maybe top two or three things that you see as a mistake maybe that business owners are making when it comes to their finances or to their business you know, taxes or things like that. Maybe start with finance bookkeeping. Okay, so I
1: think that the biggest thing that I see is that people aren't treating their business like a business. They treat it like a hobby.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's so they're they're not properly set up with the state. Mm-hmm. They don't have business bank accounts. They're just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to use my personal PayPal. You right. Know, I'm just going to kind of like wing it
0: and see what happens. Yeah. And that <laughs> is such such a huge mistake. Huge mistake. You know, I talked about that. And when it's so funny, you bring up that exact wording of treating your business like a hobby, because I did a whole Facebook live about, are you really in it to win it? Or are you treating this like a hobby? So you mentioned a couple really good things about, you know, having things separated from your personal and business. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, what are some of those things that we should be having separated in our business? Okay. So the the first thing that you really want to do is you
1: want to set up your business. So that means that you need to name it. You need to register that name, whether you set up an LLC or you set up, you know, a DBA, which means doing business as, so that's you doing business as another name. Yeah. Um, Get an employer identification number for your business. That's like a social security number that belongs to your business. And what that does, especially in e-com, you're giving your numbers out to everybody, right? Every time you sign up for PayPal, for Amazon, FBA, for anything online, you've got to give out, you know, either a social security number or your EIN. And with all the fraud out there, you've got to protect your social security number. So get that employer identification number. And then open a business bank account. Do everything on business terms, including making sure that all of your electronic payment systems that you're using, all those gateways are also business versions.
0: Well, you know, you bring, okay, so I'm just going to start at the very beginning. Where do I go to register my business? So like I, if if I'm brand new or even, you know, it's been surprising. I, I've i had and worked with a lot of business owners that have been in business for, several years. And when we have these conversations about where is your business registered or to your point, what is your EIN number or things like that? A lot of times they're not even registered and they've been in business for a while. So if you've been in business for a while, you can go back and do this, I'm assuming. But where do I go to register my business? How do I start that process?
1: Okay. So this is where Google is your friend. Yeah, like Honest to God, this is this easy how do I register my business in and enter the name of your state? Got it. Okay. Okay. That seems easy. Lots of free resources out there. You'll either end up on NOLO, you'll end up on LegalZoom, you'll end up on Rocket Lawyer. One of those sites is mm-hmm. going to tell you exactly how to do it for your state. But typically if you're going to set up like an LLC or a corporation, you're going to do it at the state level, typically okay. with your secretary of state's office. Um, if you're going to do a DBA, a yep. DBA
0: is done either with your town or your county. Got it. Okay. So go Google it. That's easy enough to do it. And then, you know, a lot of times when we we get that EIN number, we get that tax number and that makes us sort of official, right? As an official business. Um, is there any tips before I get into like the separating out of the business, checking account, savings account, payment processors? Is there any recommendations that you have for when do I how do I know if I should be a sole proprietor, an LLC, a corporation? Like, how do I know which one to choose?
1: Okay. So I'm not an attorney, so we're not giving legal advice. advice.
0: This is is us having conversation about (laughs) generalities of life. Um,
1: So, I mean, I'll tell you what, what I did in my business. Um, so when, when I was doing service-based, you know, just my, I was doing taxes for people. Yeah. Um, I was a sole proprietorship for a long time. It wasn't until I brought on other people to do mm-hmm. work that mm-hmm. I became an LLC. Okay. Now, if I'm selling other people's products, yeah, right, I think there's a little bit more liability with that sure. than just me performing services. Um, an LLC is is really inexpensive. Yeah. Um, the most expensive state to have an LLC in right now is California. Okay. And it's about eight hundred dollars a year. Okay. So most states, you know, are, are somewhere between um between a hundred and three hundred dollars to okay. set it up. And Rent, then some of them right, have yeah. annual fees you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not it's not incredibly expensive to expensive. And if you think about the the purpose of an LLC is to protect your personal assets. Sure. And so if you have personal assets like a house, cars, you know, investments that you want to protect. Right. And again, you should talk to an attorney. Right. right? If you're not sure, do not take this as legal advice. Right. But that's when you need to start thinking, maybe I need an LLC
0: so for most of our listeners right now they're their e-commerce brands listening and they're selling either their own product that they have made themselves um, or created developed producing or they are doing um, you know a, a resale of someone else's product and you know i had always heard that if you had hit a certain threshold of money that that's what what determines if you should be an LLC or not. Is that not accurate? Like if I hit a hundred thousand dollars, then I should switch from a sole proprietor to an LLC. But it doesn't sound like maybe that's even accurate that information.
1: Yeah, it it really depends more on the assets that you have outside the business than what's going on inside the business. Because let's say, you know, and I, I work with a lot of couples that do this that One, one spouse has, you know, their, their little cottage business that they're working on that they're trying to basically transform from a hobby to a business. Yeah. And then the other spouse has a job where they're making $750,000 a year. Right. And they've got a house and they've got investments. Now, if you were just looking at the, the business, you would say, oh, they don't need to be an LLC. Sure. But when you start to look at, oh, wait, they have all these assets and the, the spouse makes really good money. You need to protect that piece of it. So you have at to look it. at the whole picture. You can't just look at what's going on in the business.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. I, I think that is probably a misconception that happens a lot. Is that like I'm just looking internally and what's going on in the business and the assets there and what I'm trying to protect. But really, that's intended to protect everything outside of the business mm-hmm. as well. So to use that example of you know I, I'm a hobby business or I'm growing my business quickly. Um, in in any case. You know, having things separated from your personal stuff is so important, and I, I, I've learned this lesson myself, unfortunately. But I know that you need to keep everything in a, a separate checking account, and so on and so forth. Tell us, you know, what types of things should be separated, and why it's so important to have them separated from our personal business, our business from personal.
1: So, especially if you set up an LLC. The rules are are very specific that an LLC or a corporation has to be separate from you. Okay. And so if the whole purpose, you know, we just talked about, you know, having the legal protections yeah. in place. If you don't separate the finances, then- yeah. A government agency or a court can come in and say, "You know what? Mm-mm, you're not really an LLC." Right. Yeah, and they can they can actually dissolve your LLC and go after your personal assets. So if you're going to spend the time to set this up, let's do it right. Right. Yeah. Let's make sure that we're enforcing the protections that we're
0: paying for. Sure, sure, and and so you mentioned having a per, you know, a business um, checking account, having your payment processors be business things like that. So, are there specific examples of things that you've seen businesses maybe not do, or you know, challenges with that separating out? What tips can you give us around around that? So. I'll tell you, I've seen people that have
1: used personal PayPal accounts for business and PayPal has frozen their money. Um, oh, I have seen plan. instances where banks have refused um, deposits coming in to a personal account because it had a business name on it. Uh, and they yeah. realized, so you can really screw up your finances. <laughs> um, you and sometimes that money is, is not recoverable. Oh man, that would be terrible. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So if you
1: read the terms and conditions for your bank accounts or for your PayPal, it specifically says that personal accounts cannot be used for business and you can lose the funds in the account if you do that.
0: So, so let's just say, let's say worst case scenario, I actually have a PayPal or a business account or a personal account right now that's Mm -hmm. not set up as a business. Is it hard to switch it or flip it around? No. So basically, um... You typically can't
1: take the account that you have and turn it into a business account. You would have to set up a new one. Okay. And then plug that into your funnel or plug that into your website. Um, and that's super easy to do. You're just changing yeah. the the connection information.
0: Okay, cool. Well, that is one where I think um, everybody should just go double check and make sure that you are not using a particularly for like PayPal and Stripe and some of the other Shopify payment processors that you've got it all set up as a business account and that you're not accidentally or or without even knowing using a personal account for those types of things. Sometimes we scratch our head a little bit as to why PayPal's holding so much of our money. And there's other reasons for that as well. But this is one that you could definitely check and make sure that um, it's not because you accidentally have it set up as a personal account instead of a business account. So that's that's awesome tip. Thank you so much for that. So when we think about finance, let's because you mentioned finances and, and business finances, I'd love to hear you know, your, your recommendations on some of the things as a business owner that we should be looking at on a regular basis. Like what are, what are some of the things we, you know, off of recording talked a little bit about Facebook ads and we were talking about gross profit, but tell us a little bit about, you know, what are some of the things as a business owner that we should be looking at on a regular basis? Okay. So I think that it's really important
1: to be looking at your complete profit and loss statement. Okay. I think, a lot of times as business owners, we get hyper focused in on particular numbers, right? So, like, wow. are my Facebook ads profitable or is my gross profit profitable? Which gross profit is your sales minus your cost of goods sold, which yep. is gross profit is an incredibly important number in e-com. Yeah. Right. Yep. But the problem is we get so focused on that number that we're no longer looking at, oh my God, I'm spending I'm spending 40% of my sales on education.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: All of a sudden, like you look at that number or you're spending, you're spending too much on coaching or you're spending too much on, you know, on new tech, right? Or software. Oh, in our business, software is like, I looked at that last year. So for our online business, I looked at our software. I'm like, I can't, we couldn't have possibly spent that much on software. Right. We did, really? Really? And I think we all, I'll tell you, we all get caught in that cycle where we're so busy making the money that we're not managing the money. Exactly. That's a great point. So good. And so oh. I, I, it's funny because we actually, and this is, you know, I think this is kind of funny, but we actually hired a bookkeeper last year because See? I didn't have we the time to bookkeepers. Bookkeepers. <laughs> right. See? Right. We have bookkeepers too. <laughs> right. I trained bookkeepers and I right. hired one because I need to know my numbers on a regular basis. Right. I need to make sure that our business overall is profitable yeah. and we're not, you know, we're not just looking at, are we profitable off the ads? right? right. Are, are, are the payments coming in? We really right. have to be managing the expenses top to bottom.
0: You know, and and a lot of times for e-commerce businesses, you know, to your point, we get so focused on our return on ad spend. Is that the number we're looking at? Or we look at the bottom line number and we think that's the number we should be looking at? Or, you know, we don't really take the whole picture into consideration and we could miss some really, you know, important pieces of it. So as a, you know, e-com business, just looking at your profit and loss statement on a regular basis, monthly, quarterly, reviewing it, Um, I know what you're going to say to this, but I always tell my my business owners that they should have a professional managing their books for them and stop doing the spreadsheets and stop doing, you know, the back of the napkin type of keeping track of things. So, you know, I know you have some thoughts about this, but if I can't really afford a new bookkeeper or I think I can't afford a bookkeeper really, in my mind, it's just part of doing business, right? And it's part of the expense of doing business. But tell us a little bit about what you know, your thoughts are with doing some of the spreadsheets that I've seen and things like that on how you're keeping track of your books.
1: Well, you know, the thing I think is funny is that I think, first of all, there's this perception that a bookkeeper is going to cost thousands of dollars a month. Right, totally. And um, so bookkeepers in my program, they're starting at $97 a month for their clients. Oh my gosh. And it's like, we don't even blink spending $97 a month on a piece of software or right. a system that's going to make us more productive. Think about how much time you'll save Ugh. right, by outsourcing your bookkeeping. I mean, I outsource my bookkeeping and I train right. bookkeepers because I just realized like, this is not a good use
0: of my time. Well, and you don't, you know... It- most of us don't know what we're doing. Right. I mean, I happen to, you know, have, have a master's degree, in finance, but a lot of people don't have, you know, don't understand or have backgrounds in finance or even just common, you know, where do I put this in the chart of accounts and what, what goes where and how do I think about this? And boy, just to even learn some of that stuff can be right. super overwhelming. So $97 a month, holy cow. Right. And so, especially this year with all of
1: the, you know, all of the PPP money and the SBA loans. I mean, it's funny, like right now, like my bookkeepers are just, it's funny how many people are reaching out because they're realizing that in order to get the second round of PPP money, you have to have numbers to prove that your sales were down. Uh, And a uh lot of people who are doing Excel or napkins or whatever, they're like, I don't know what my I don't know what my numbers were for 2019. I don't know what my numbers were for right. 2020. Oh and so they can't apply for free government money, right? Because they, they they're apply. using a napkin,
0: right? and and believe me i love a good spreadsheet right like i i yeah. i'm you know we we are of the same mindset we love right. a good spreadsheet when when it's it's right but this is really something i mean a spreadsheet is better than nothing right and mm-hmm. and i think you know once you have it organized and so on and so forth but really then thinking about getting a bookkeeper so that you can take it to the next level or you can free up some of your time to do the things that you should be doing if this is not in your wheelhouse but to your point, there's a lot of opportunities for small business owners right now with the PPP loan and some other things like that where you are required to have your books completed and done. So let's transition into that conversation a little bit about the PPP loan. And if I have it, if I've gotten it, or if I want to apply for it, give me some of your thoughts. You know, this is a tricky thing right now that a lot of small business owners are trying to navigate and understand if they can apply for it and then when they do apply for it and get it, what do they do with it? How should they be using it? And I've heard all sorts of different things. So give us your your two cents on that.
1: So I've had a lot of people come to me and say, I qualify, but I don't know if I should apply. Uh-huh. Right. That's my business is do I'm doing okay. Yeah. Right. I, I've made it through so far. Right. And so even though I qualify Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should. Okay. And for those, to those business owners, take the money. <laughs> because you know what? I mean, it's funny because we're always sitting there going small businesses. There's no opportunity for us. All the programs are for the big businesses. Wow. You know what's going to happen if you don't take that money? Right. A bigger business is going to take it. Yep. Yep. And so this is one of those instances where, because listen, I'm really conservative. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: I know the not money,
1: true, right? Take the right. money. How much of you know? How much have we complained over the years? We paid in money in taxes. We've done everything we were supposed to do. We paid all the self-employment tax, right? We paid all right. the income tax. We pay all the sales tax. We do everything we're supposed to do.
0: Take and the now money. we don't want to take the money, right? Right, and, and we and we feel like we shouldn't because we don't necessarily qualify. Because there's somebody
1: who yeah. needs it more than us. The problem is the people who need it more than us are not going to get it. Right. And so what I'd rather do is the people who are organized enough mm-hmm. to get the money, I would rather you get the money, keep your people on payroll, keep money in your communities, keep all of your people going so that yeah. they can pay all their people and the money spreads out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Right? But if the bigger businesses get the money, yep. Yeah. Okay. Who knows what they're, what they're going to do with it. Exactly. And so I'm trying, like, I'm trying to protect my business, my people, my community
0: right now right so what are some things that like you you need to know to qualify so what happened in 2020s qualifications for ppp i've heard now 2021 it's a little bit different in what those qualifications are so if i don't know if i qualify maybe for let's start there for just a second if i don't know if i qualify what are some of the qualifications that are you know uh, to get to apply for it to begin with so round 1
1: Which was the 2020 edition, right? Uh, So round one was all about just getting the money out there. Yeah. Okay. So really all you needed is you needed wages for yourself, draws for yourself if you're a sole proprietorship or a partnership, um, or W-2 wages. You can't use it to pay for contractors. You can't use it, you know, if you're paying people under the table, you have to have W-2 wages. Um, Now, the nice thing is they lowered the threshold and now it's only 60% has to go to pay wages and the rest can be used for rent and utilities and other business expenses. Awesome. Awesome. So round one, and if you didn't get round one, you can still apply for round one until May 31st. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. So So I can go back to to that Yep, round one. Okay. All right. So you can still go back and get that. Now, round two,
1: you have to show at least a 25% decrease in your sales, either okay. for, the, for the entire year of 2020 compared to 2019. This is why you need to know your numbers. Yeah. Or one quarter of 2020 has hmm. to be 25% less than the same quarter in 2019. Got it. And this is where like having like QuickBooks- yeah, right? as a system, you could I I can run that report for my clients in
0: in 5 seconds, right? Exactly it will be really hard if you're doing back of the napkin sort of, Mm -hmm. even a spreadsheet would be a little bit challenging in this particular situation. So, okay. So if I can prove that I have a 25% decrease in the whole year or by quarter, then I can apply for second round PPP. Right. And you can use sales or net income.
1: You can use either one. Oh, that's, so point. that's kind of nice for some people, right? Because yeah. maybe their sales didn't meet that, but if they're trying to keep their people on payroll, and right. again, this is to cover expenses for payroll, rent, utilities. Basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep small businesses from closing their doors, right? And they're trying let's to keep people say,
0: off unemployment. So let's say like for a lot of us in in this space, we're in we're in the online space, right? And so we maybe don't have, rent or utilities or things like that we can still use all of it towards payroll for our employees and for ourselves and things like that can any of that go towards um like our house utilities or things like that if we're working out of our house no no
1: No, they've not approved it for home office
0: expenses Okay. So you have to have a a physical brick and mortar building for rent, utilities, things like that, but it will cover payroll for yourself Mm -hmm. and for people. Okay. So what's the benefit of, of, you know, obviously doing this, but are there tax benefits or like, we've heard about forgiveness of this and that kind of stuff. What, you know, I I feel like some people are like, I don't want to take it because I don't want to pay it you know, I can't, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pay it back or now there's interest and all of these things. What, what are some of the rules or, or some of the benefits that are coming out of this?
1: So if you get less than $150,000, which I'd imagine most people listening would get less than 150,000. Um, there's a shoot, a super short form that you have to fill out to get it forgiven. The banks are processing them pretty quickly. They're actually helping people with that. Um, if you get this forgiven, there's no interest, mm. there's no repayment, there's wow. no nothing. And the, the cool thing with this is usually the way the tax code works is that if you don't use your money to pay for an expense, you can't deduct the expense. Yeah. In this case, they are forgiving the loan and letting you deduct whatever you pay for with it. Wow.
0: So you're so getting this is like it's like you won the lottery yeah. and you don't have to pay taxes on it. I mean, seriously, you win the lottery and you don't have to pay taxes, right? Yeah. right. That's amazing. So to your point, we should be filling this out if we qualify. If we yeah. haven't done it the first time, do it the first time for round one. Yeah. If we haven't qualified for round two. Um, or we are not sure if we've qualified for round two, we can easily figure that out by looking at our books and figuring out if we're doing, you know, less or whatever, 25% by quarter by year. Right. So is there any reason why you wouldn't take this? I mean, what, what would like, why wouldn't you want to do this?
1: I, I think, you know, I've had conversations with a couple people that like morally, right. They yeah. really believe, you know, my, I'm doing okay. My business made it through. There are lots of businesses that closed. If they've already closed, it, it doesn't, there's no way we can save them if they've closed. Right. 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 Yeah. The The only thing that we can do is we can make sure our business is sound, our family is sound, our community is sound. Right. Right. And so if, if we can legally, right. Get some of that money. Right. Maybe you add another person with it. Maybe say, you know what, this is this, I'm going to take this money. I'm going to hire somebody new to help me in my
0: business. Yeah. It could be used for that.
1: Yes. It can be used for that. Wow. So you could say like, Hey, listen, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to take the PPP money. I'm going to pay my salary with it. The money that I would use for my salary. Yeah. I'm going to, maybe I, maybe I open an office. Yeah. Right. Maybe I, um, maybe I hire another person. Maybe I get that new site built. Maybe yeah. I get my branding done finally right like you know, maybe like we use some of our some of our money, right? We paid our salaries with it, and then the money that it freed up, we ran
0: ads, yeah. Right. So we actually use that
1: money to grow our business. And now we've hired more people, you know, we're we're spending money with other companies. So we're actually using that money to kind of lift up the rest of the digital economy.
0: Right. 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 How cool is that? Yeah, it's super cool. And I think, you know, there's a whole debate and controversy around should you take it? Should you not take it? And, you know, I think what you're saying too, is like, morally, I might feel a little guilty about taking it because I don't really need to take it sort of thing. But to your point, there's a lot of reasons that you should, right? And, and and probably more reasons than you, than, than you think. Um, and you definitely want to make sure that you understand the value of what that money would bring to your business before you decide, you know, either way, right. Before you decide if you take it or you don't take it, but getting an opportunity to have some support and help, um, as a small business owner, to your point, we have complained about for years, all of the things that we've had to do in taxes and all that kind of stuff that this in, in certain situations, it just makes sense, right? It, it is the way to go and definitely do it. So how, how long do I have to apply for this? Now, when this podcast is going to be released, um, you know, maybe a little bit different than when you're listening to it, but how, how long is this going to be going on for small business owners? So they extended the due date to May 31st. Um, I have a
1: feeling they may extend it again. Yeah. I think it depends on how quickly things recover. Right. Right. So I know we're projecting right now that by the time this podcast comes out, there should be enough vaccine for anybody who wants one, right? Right. And so things are going to start opening up, but I still think it's going to be slow. I think people are going to be cautious. Mm -hmm. And I don't think... I think until kids can get vaccinated, yeah, right, we're not really going to go back to normal. So I wouldn't be surprised if this maybe does, you know, maybe gets extended again until fall. Sure, right, to get people because I really think too that a lot of people don't really understand the new rules, right, right for the second round of PPP. They're still not sure, you know, if they qualify. They're still trying to put their numbers together because a lot of you know a lot of people don't have mm-hmm. their books together. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think as we get close, like they literally extended the deadline for the first one
0: yeah. on
1: March 31st, which was the day it was supposed to expire.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we just need to keep track or or pay right. attention to when it when it actually is going to so be. So I
1: would certainly, like I wouldn't be betting because it's Congress, right? right? Don't bet that Congress is going to do this. I mean, if you're listening, get your numbers together as fast as you can and get your application yeah. in. Yeah. And even if you get your application in, Even if you have to get more information to your bank, you should be fine. Okay. Okay. So get the, get the information going, right? Give them what you can. At least Mm -hmm. you've got the application in before the deadline. Got it. I I think it will be
0: extended, but I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah. Okay. So takeaways from that are just get your books together, which you should be doing anyway. And we talked about that and apply for this, at least get the ball started before it, you know, because you can never guarantee that the the deadline is going to get extended. Well, this has been so incredibly helpful. And I think, like I said at the beginning, we could talk for hours. We could go into so much detail. So maybe we will bring you back to the show to talk more in depth about some of the uniquenesses happening in business right now around this and, and the other EIDL loans and other things that people have been talking about and going on and on. We should, we should talk more about that in the future for sure. But we didn't in the even future, get to talk about inventory and we didn't even get to talk about inventory. We have to, call, we have to, okay, well, we're it,
1: big changes to inventory tax law. So, okay,
0: let's, well, let's can you give us a teaser? Give us a teaser. Okay. okay so so we'll really
1: quick, you don't have to track inventory anymore. As long as your business has less than 25 million in sales.
0: All right, we're not going to end the show just yet. We're going <laughs> to we're going to talk a little bit more about this. So, I think we need to spend a moment just understanding what that means. Okay. So, say what? Okay. So,
1: what most of you are probably doing is you buy inventory, you put it into an asset account called inventory and you can't write it off until you sell it. Right? Yes. That's how inventory works. Pre pre tax cuts and jobs act. Um, which was the the Trump tax law from 2017. You can now elect to say, no, 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 I'm not going to track my inventory. When I purchase something, I get yeah. to write it off. When I purchase it, I don't have to wait till I sell it.
0: Holy cow.
1: How amazing is that? And if you have been using inventory, talk to your accountant and say, I want to make the election to treat my inventory under cash basis, I want to expense my inventory.
0: So let's talk because cash and accrual accounting, and and boy, that's a conversation into itself, right? <laughs> but if if we want to talk about this, so what is the, what's? Tell me what the benefit of doing that is. I mean, that is amazing. So if I decide that I want to do this and elect to do cash. Um on a cash basis, what what value does that bring me as a bus- as an e-com business owner? Well, think about it. how often do you outlay money for inventory?
1: Right. Right. And then you can't write it off because you haven't sold it yet. Right. And so you've got all this money sitting in inventory, and yet you have taxes due. Right. Right? And you can't pay the taxes because the taxes, you know, because all that money is held up your, in your inventory. So what you can do now, as long as you have less than $25 million in sales every year, okay. is you can elect to go purely cash basis. So you're not tracking receivables and you're not tracking inventory. Okay? So when you buy something that you're going to resell, you get to expense it right away. And I know you, know, I know you talked about working with makers. Yeah. Inventory for makers is just impossible. Right. Right. Because you're buying, you're buying all of this material and it, to try to figure out what your cost of goods sold is, is just crazy. It can be
0: very challenging.
1: <laughs> now you can just expense it all.
0: Wow. So if I have been in a situation where we have been doing accrual accounting, I just need to talk to my accountant and say, Hey, now, and what did you say the new tax size that gives us the option to do this? The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the TCJA. TCJA, awesome. Okay, so I'm right. I'm making notes for myself here, uh, as <laughs> because I have any compasses on this. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So that will really, really help. So many, so many people be able to really help with some cash flow situation too, right? And and, help. and even
1: just the tracking
0: that it's right, right? The headache I- of trying
1: to track. What's in inventory? What's in cost of goods sold? I know a lot of times these systems, you know, they're great for sales, but the inventory tracking is typically pretty terrible.
0: Yeah, for sure. So just to clarify for those listening, you still need to track your inventory from a sales perspective. So mm-hmm. like from you know how many do you have on hand versus how many are you selling so that you don't disappoint your customers when right. they come to your store and you're out of stock or things like that. But from an accounting perspective, you don't have to do that anymore. So what would be the reason? Why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you switch to, to cash accounting? Like well, I because mean, should everybody, everybody be doing this
1: now? Because you don't know it exists.
0: Uh-huh. Or it may
1: be that you're, you know, if you're getting close to that 25 million, right? So let's say maybe you're at 24 and a half and you think you're going to cross over, yeah. you know, making the election and then having to undo the election. Yeah. But if you're safely under the 25 million in sales,
0: yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. So if I hit over 25 million, because you know, there are a lot of us in small business owners and, and clients that we work with that are growing very, very quickly. Um, let's say half my year is, you know, under 25 and the other half of the year I'm over 25. Will that really screw everything up if I go to the cash, you know, option, cash basis accounting? Or what should I do if I'm on the threshold? So closer? it's the average of three years. Oh. Okay, so the average of three years under twenty five yeah. million. Yeah, the average of the last three years. So, wow. I mean, if, when you're growing,
1: right, you're going to have the opportunity to switch back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, that was worth staying on for. I got to tell you,
1: <laughs> a more minutes, but you know, I figured right, that might. Be no, I
0: think it was so amazing because that is like a, a brain blowing, massive tip and something that everybody should take clear advantage of and should really be thinking about if you are under that $25 million mark. So, and even if you're getting close, sounds like there's, it it's the way to go. Even, even then, well, you have been so, so amazing to talk to. And again, we're going to bring you back and talk more things taxes and, and other things too. But in the short term, you talked about a couple different amazing resources that you offer from a service perspective. How can people find out more about you and your bookkeeping services? Where can we find you? All right. So the best place to get me is at
1: smallbizmama.com. That's where you'll find my podcast. You can hire one of our bookkeepers um, and you can you can follow along with everything that we're doing.
0: That is amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I love talking to you and we will for sure have you back. All right. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you wanna hang out with other e business owners, head over to my free Facebook group, Six Figure Plus Ecom Success Strategies and let's keep the conversation going. Thanks, until next time.